Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at PFedoff. So for episode 53 today, we're going to be talking men's hoops from the previous week. And today, it's as of Saturday today, how we fared against Louisville. But first things first, late yesterday on Friday around 5 o'clock, it broke that James Laronidas, current or now former uh, graduate assistant for Notre Dame linebackers coach, will be going back to his alma mater, the Ohio State University, to be a graduate assistant and coach their linebackers. The only thing I don't like about this, you never want to get a, a coach poached from a perennial power like OSU. It sounded like he was becoming a decent recruiter at Notre Dame, but my knickers aren't a bunch for this uh, uh, decision right now. Our linebacker play this year was average at best. As a matter of fact, it was a pretty big disappointment. Uh, coach Laronitis was still pretty green uh, being a coach. This isn't like Dick LeBeau uh, leaving the Steelers in that heyday in the you know from 2000 you know four to 2010 when that defense for the Steelers was really rocking. So I wish him good luck, James Laronitis, but I'm not, I'm not sweating this right now. We'll find another replacement and uh, go from there. So James Laronitis has left for Ohio State. So for Notre Dame this week, they went one and one in basketball. That's progress with this team. And however, it didn't start out that good this week at NC State. NC State's been a, a surprise this year. NC State comes in at 15 and five. Five and four in the ACC. We came in nine and 11, one and eight in the ACC. We led at half, though. We were holding our own pretty well against them. We were hitting the three pretty well. We led 42 to 39 at halftime. We out rebounded NC State, which is another shocker, 41 to 32. And turnovers. I always get on the women's team having too many turnovers. The men had only two turnovers compared to NC State's 15. However, we lose 85 to 82. We just can't make the stops down the stretch. That's just that's this team the whole year. Uh, they can hang with teams for a while, but defensively we're pretty weak. Just making those stops at the end. This game was no different. Uh, so we fall to nine and twelve and one and nine in the ACC. Cormac Ryan led the way with nineteen points. JJ Starling had eighteen. He looked really good because when NC State led by about six points at the end. He kept getting those quick uh, baskets, you know, just drive into the hole to get that quick two to extend the game. And he's really good at that. He still isn't the greatest shooter, but he's really coming on the last uh, month or two for the end of the season. I, he wants to have, get his NBA draft stock a little bit higher. It's just a shame that we have such a talented, you know, McDonald's All-American, but we don't have talent around him. This would have been, I don't want to say a wasted year. Well, let's just call it a wasted year for McDonald's All-American because he just doesn't have the talent around him for us to make even a, a small run in the NCAA tournament because more or less we have a geriatric, a more or less a, a bunch of role players that are geriatrics that are more or less getting in line for their ARP cards right now. I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it is what it is. Experience doesn't, doesn't mean shit this year for this basketball team. We need talent with that experience. And it's just a shame that J.J., has a lot of experience, but not great, you know, talented, experienced players around him. It's the art players. It's the geriatric crew. What can I say? So Ben Allen Lubin, though, had a decent game off the bench. The freshman had 10. Um, and also news 
it was either the day after or that day. Uh, we had three uh, commitments this year. They signed on the dotted line to play for Notre Dame next year. However, we already had one since Mike Bray, you know, announced his resignation at the end of the year. And I'm not surprised by this. Uh, Brady Dunlap, 6'7", uh, small forward, a great shooter out of Studio City, California. His high school is Harvard Westlake. He asked for his release from the program because he said, too, I came to be, to coach or to play for Mike Bray and they granted his release. So he will be, he will not be part of the recruiting class uh, for 2023. So far though, still Parker Fredrickson, six, three, uh, another shooting guard from Bixby, Oklahoma. We actually, uh, I hate you, I hate you poached him from, uh, I don't want to say stole cause it's not really stealing, but it really is. I'll say we, we ended up getting him to flip from Oklahoma state to come to Notre Dame. Uh, he's still with the class so far. Um, and then Marcus Burton, 5'10 point guard out of Mishawaka, right outside of South Bend. He's still, they're still so far coming to Notre Dame. We'll see if that happens. But realistically, I mentioned this last week too. Let's say these two uh, signees end up saying, hey, we want to be released too. We want to play somewhere else because we wanted to play for Coach Bray. We literally could have all transfer portal guys next year for this team which would be a first. I never thought, I know last year, Texas Tech, their entire team was pretty much transfers uh, in order to have a team. We may have to have that next year with the new coaching staff because I, JJ Starling's probably leaving for the NBA. And if, let's say he does come back for one more year. I say he probably goes to another school. And a lot of these kids that are sitting on the bench now, I see them leaving also. And then, like I said, the geriatric crew, the experienced guys, I know these are great kids. Don't get me wrong, but they're very old. I'm calling them the geriatric crew right now. They're all going to be gone. So we could field all transfer portal guys. And and heck, watch us go to the Final Four. Of all the years that, you know, I've just hoped for a team to go to the Final Four in my lifetime, watch a group of, you know, just stringing up a, a team more or less, you know, a playground team, you know, picking, okay, you come here, you come here. Uh, and watch that be the most successful team Notre Dame ever has. I'm, I'm just... I'm guessing that, but who's to say? I've seen stranger things happen before, so we'll see how that dynamic goes. So today, Louisville, the worst team in the ACC. However, very young, very athletic. We struggle with those teams. They come in at 2-18, 0-9 in the ACC. They have taken a dip big time since that. It's only been, I know 10 years seems like a long time, but it really isn't. That was when they won the national title. I know that title was stripped because of NCAA violations, but to me, Louisville is the 2013 national title. Reggie Bush, to me, is still the 2005 Heisman Trophy winner. You just can't erase history there. I know the NCAA tries that because they're gutless, because they're cowards. But if they really were true to their word, they'd give up all the money they earned off of all those wins Louisville had for the 2013 season to win the national title. And all those games Reggie Bush won for USC that the NCAA made so much money off of. Why don't you give that money back if you're going to take away the Heisman Trophy and the Louisville title? But that's a discussion for a different day. But the NCAA is a bunch of cowards. They're gutless. Enough said. So, and it's also too, it's the it's almost the 10-year anniversary of that five overtime game. Uh, that's when Rick Patino was the coach of Louisville. It was at uh, South Bend. Notre Dame ended up winning that game. That was the last loss Louisville had that year. And then they went on that NCAA title run for 2013, but that was a great five overtime game. That was with Jaron Grant, Pat Connaughton. Uh, that was a really good, Eric Atkins was on that team. 
uh, it wasn't the, I mean, we lost the first round in the NCAA tournament, but that team is, uh, looks like a national title team compared to the team this year. So this, this game, we started out on fire. We were up 46 to 24 at half Louisville. I knew they were bad, but I thought their athleticism would give us fits, but they're worse than I thought. Um, JJ Starling, 16 points in the first half. He ended up finished with 22 and this we were up by 30 points even in the second half. Louisville goes on a but let me take a I mean, we looked really good, but I think Louisville is just that bad too. I mean, at times I thought I was watching, we looked like they were making us look like the 9091 UNLV team, the 96 Kentucky team, the uh 9192 Duke teams with those Lakner, Bobby Hurley teams. We were looking that good, but then reality started to set in the second half. Louisville goes on a 14 to nothing run. They cut it to 14 points. However, we make a little bit run of ourselves. We end up winning 76 to 62. However, we did have, I started to think if, if there was a team to lose a lead this big, it would be this team, but it didn't happen. We end up winning 76 to 62. Uh, JJ Starling, as I mentioned before, he was great. Nate Leshevsky, 22 points as well. Um, Cormac Ryan, 11 points. Dane Goodwin had 10. And then, yeah, so Cormac Ryan, 11. Dane Goodwin, 10. Ben on Lubin didn't play. I don't know if he was hurt. They didn't really mention. He was on the sidelines. I know he's struggled with some injuries lately. J.J. Starling tweaked his knee. It looked worse than it actually became. He ended up coming back into the game, but that's a good thing, too, because I thought, God, if, he's, if this is some not a significant injury, but one where he's going to have to rest up for the rest of the uh or just kind of take it easy he, he may not play the rest of the year because why risk your nba stock there so we end up going we're now 10 and 12 2 and 9 in the acc and here's the thing we, we break a four game losing streak as well we have nine games left and this would be something but it's not impossible but it's probably not probable if that makes sense so nine games left if we can go six and three in those games, because I, I, yeah, I just, uh, yes, this is right. Yeah, if we go six and three, I just calculated this. We finished 16 and 15. It gives us the luxury of losing in the first round of the ACC tournament and finishing 16 and 16. I can't believe I said that. It's more or less saying, let's hedge our bet, hedge our bet, finish six and three instead of five and four, finish one game over 500. Who cares if we lose in the first round of the ACC tournament? Yes, that's bad. But finish 16 and 16, I got to think if we just finish 500, we're going into the, we'll, we'll go to the NIT tournament. Because Notre Dame, that's going to be somewhat of a, I want to say a big draw, but ESPN will probably milk that for what it's worth to say, hey, Notre Dame is going to make the, because I think ESPN has the contract pretty much for all the NIT games, or at least most of them. Okay, this is Mike Bray's last run. Notre Dame 16 and 16, and really roll with that. And Notre Dame could, you know, they're going to, even though it's not football, I think that could be kind of a ratings draw. But at the same time, I think too, yes, if we make the NIT, I could see us, I could see us going far if we get into a rhythm, but I can see us losing to a mid major in the first round at Notre Dame too on our home court. So we'll see how that happens, but that's some sort. I know this season's been, it's been shitty. Let's just put it that way. But if you want to look forward to something, we got nine games left now. 
February, we have February, we have seven, two in March. Let's just go six and three, finish 16 and 15. We don't have to care if we, we don't care if we even win a game in the ACC tournament and we finish 16 and 16, we're probably going to the NIT and who knows? Heck, if we, if we win in the NIT, if we won an NIT championship, I, I would be proudly displaying an NIT championship sweatshirt, hat. I don't care if it's the NIT. It's a championship. It is what it is. So uh, what else here? Just uh, going over my notes here. I think that's about it, though. So one and one this week. Probably could have won. Could have Probably could have went 2-0, and oh, but we didn't. And... This is just the dynamic with this team this year. But here's the thing, too. People are going to think I'm nuts here. But let me just... J.J. Starling, you know, I've seen better McDonald's All-Americans. But he, again, he still can't shoot the greatest. But that'll come in time as he works on his game. He just has really great raw talent right now. And I am I know this, this is going to sound crazy. He kind of reminds me of a young Kobe Bryant with that raw talent. Not what Kobe became, one of the greatest players ever. I think he's the second best uh, player ever, uh, just behind Michael Jordan. And this was the anniversary of his tragic death with his daughter uh, three years ago. He just has very similar mannerisms. And just the way he just drives to the basket to get those easy baskets. And how I see his shot right now, it's very raw, but I see him develop developing that shot as he goes to the NBA he looks he has very similar Kobe Bryant traits you may think I'm crazy he may end up being an average player who knows but today is January 28th it's 4 45 p.m eastern standard time if he ever ends up being one of the greatest ever you heard it here first on episode 53 of the fighting Irish daily blitz JJ Starling could he be the next Kobe Bryant down the road? I'm not saying two years from now or three. Let's say five, six years if he works on his game. It's just very eerie when I watched the game today. I was like, God, who does he remind me of? He reminded me of Kobe. So we'll see what how that happens. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me for episode 53. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>